Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Jokes with Mark Simmons, the podcast where I chat to other comedians about jokes they can't get to work. Uh, as always, I am joined by producer Joel. Hey. How are you? How's it going, Joel? I'm good, Mark. How are you? I'm pretty good. It's nice to hear from you again. Um, hey, good. always a pleasure. I'm good, actually. Yeah, yeah. Had a nice walk today. Oh, where'd you go? Um, we w- went up into Highgate Village and then nice. and then discovered a little park I'd never seen before. And we had a walk around there. It was bloody lovely. Mm. Yeah, so I feel, I'm in good spirits today, but I'm due a nap. So let's do this. Let's do it. Yeah. You mean you're due a nap? I'm due a nap. I have a nap every day. By who? <laughs> well, next Not due one. Well, by whoever's with me. Why do you have a nap? Um, what do you mean? I'm tired. Why are you tired? I stay up late. So like, why? If, I don't know. I seem to get more done if I stay up later. I don't know why. Just have mm, it. What time do you go to bed? Suspicious. I I don't go to bed about half ten. Half ten. Yeah, and what, that's why in the morning you, I'll you, text uh, you a question, <laughs> and then I won't hear about an answer for it until about two o'clock in the afternoon. Is that's when I get up? <laughs> it's like it's like working with someone <laughs> on the other side of the world. Oh, is a bit, isn't it? Yeah, well, that's nice, isn't it? It's a nice thought. I was, I was supposed to be coming back from Barbados today, Joel. Oh no! Yeah, but I mean, that's not like an ex- it wasn't like an extravagant holiday. Someone was getting married, so and I was the best man. But they didn't get married because oh, it got cancelled. No. That's sad. Yeah, yeah. We'll come back with a tan. Joel, <laughs> get lost. I can tan. You can, you've never tanned. I have tanned. No, there's no. I have tanned. Tan. I have. I need two weeks, and I need a nice, steady progression, counting down from factor fifty, and then. <laughs> And then after a few days, factor 30, or whatever the next one is, and then I work my way down. I do tan. Thank you very much, Joel Grove. Um, but you don't like holidays? Uh, no, I'd rather not be on holiday. Yeah, that's just, yeah. Well, let's, not, let's not go into that. Um, <laughs> but I've got some holiday jokes. You want to hear my jokes from holiday-related jokes, suntan-related Love jokes? To. Love to. Um, this one never really worked that much. It was in my 2014 show, I believe. Um uh, oh, that's weird. My cupboard just opened for absolutely no reason. Mm, spooky. Yeah. Um, 
Um, I've never had a tan. I think my sun cream's a huge factor. Good. That's one of them. And the other one was, I don't use skin protection anymore ever since I saw my girl... No, no. I don't use skin protection anymore ever since my girlfriend told me she's always been attracted to men that are well-read. Very good. Yeah, that's a, that's a very old one of mine. There like you go. That. Bit of fun. Bit of fun. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Speaking of fun... This week, it's Nick Helm. <laughs> Nick Helm. It's Nick Helm. Uh, we recorded for way too long because basically... Long. Just a couple of mates catching up. Um, so, it's too long for one episode. So, you've got your normal episode here, haven't we, Joel? We or, have. if you want the extended hour and a half version, head over to Patreon. Uh, Patreon forward slash jokes with Mark. And we're going to upload the full version there. So, if you want to hear more, go to that one. Or if not, listen to this one. <laughs> So when lockdown started, I had an idea that I would do like a series of um, photo stories right. about like how um, I I'm, can't, I can't I'm, concentrate. <laughs> I had like a, I had like a, <laughs> you're so shy. Um, no, I had like a series of uh, I had an idea for a series of photos, which was basically. Um, It'll be me, uh, and I'll be very lonely in my flat. And then um, I would answer the door, and then there'd be like this inflatable woman that arrived. Um, and uh, and then it would be me chatting to this inflatable woman in my flat. And then um, we'd be sort of like getting on quite well. And then there'd be another knock on the door, and then this inflatable man would come. And then we'd just sort of like have this. We just have like this awkward sort of like um, uh, like love triangle in my flat where it'd be like I'd be in my kitchen, stood by the fridge, looking really awkward, and then they'd be getting on really well. And then it'd be like me on the sofa, just sort of like no one talking to me. And then this inflatable couple that are just, and then they'd be like, they'd end up fucking, and I'd be just there going, oh. And the idea is just that even even when it's left to my own imagination, I still sort of like luck out and you know, there's this thing. So I bought like this inflatable woman uh, and this inflatable man and they were like really cheap. They were like, uh, they're like stag do quality, right? Uh-huh. So they were like, they were like 6 each and I bought them. And then uh, I just thought when I had, uh, when, when, I, when I got the inflatable woman and I blew her up, I just thought there's no way anyone would think that I didn't fuck it. <laughs> so, so I was just like, I won't, I, I, I'm probably, I might not go for that. So I've just, so now what I've got is- I mean, I'm assuming you fuck that one. Yeah, of course. I mean, if you see it, it's fit. It's fit I mean, living. I think he's fucked too, um, to be honest. <laughs> he, he, he looks fucked. Um, so I just put him on in the background of like, all of my all of my Zoom meetings. Most of the time, no one even notices until they release it. <laughs> it couldn't have been more like... perfect when you left earlier because you were covering it. And then, and then <laughs> when you moved, it was just me and that. Brilliant. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, that's like, uh, that's a joke that uh, I haven't used or didn't work. <laughs> so when did you, so how long has it been there? You just decided not, I think you should still do it. Um, it's, it's been there for, 
that's been there for since like almost the beginning of lockdown as soon as i did my first ever <laughs> thing and no one no one mentions it <laughs> it's so you, sort so of you like bought it before lockdown no i bought it at it's the all beginning coming of out now <laughs> I bought it. I bought it as soon as sort of like lockdown started, and then I was waiting for. I mean, and then, um, but I didn't have any way of taking photos from to do the to do the shots I wanted to do. So I bought a right. tripod. I bought another tripod mm. uh, <laughs> off of. Um, uh, but I got it off eBay, and it took like it took weeks to arrive, and then by that point, my sort of like enthusiasm for the project sort of died yeah. and now I've just got this uh, inflatable man set behind me Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does They charge you a lot, we charge you a little So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You, I just listened to your um, isolation song. Oh, yeah. And I was just singing it before. It's quite, it's quite catchy. Or I haven't listened to any of the others, yeah. but I'm assuming you're going to win. Uh, mine, uh, yeah, but, but the thing is, yeah, that was it. It was, um, it's deliberately written to be like an earworm, yeah. So it's like one of the things that I really enjoy about this, uh, my songs is that people say, Fucking hell, I can't stop singing it, yeah. And I'm like, Yeah, no, it's good, right? <laughs> but it's by design, <laughs> I try and get earworms and stuff. But, um, you do that on your own then. So that, that must have taken a while. It took a week. Yeah. So there was this isolation song contest. Um, when does this come out? I'm not sure. When, when, when's the isolation thing? When's the competition? I think, the, the, I think the, it closes on like the 23rd of. Um, oh, it's a vote what, thing, is it? What month are we in? May. It's just started. Yeah, so I think it finishes on the 23rd of May. Oh, I'll be um, helpful then. Yeah, so uh, it was, uh, they said, do you want to do this isolation song contest? Because Eurovision isn't on this year. Mm. And so uh, Tom Taylor, who I don't think I've met in real life, but I may have. Met him. But 
he he seems lovely mm. well he is lovely um but he had this he just messaged me and said do you want to do this thing and i was just like yeah sure. i was like yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> <I'll> t- <laughs> yeah he says can you write a song for this thing i was like yeah 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 because um you can be in finland or russia and i was just like oh i don't want to be russia um because you know the song writes itself and it's not a good one do you know what i mean <laughs> so i was just like i'll be finland because i felt like that was a bit more of a challenge and then um uh and then i realized that you know neil hannon from divine comedy was doing it and i, <laughs> I was like oh for fuck so I, I, thought it was be, I thought it was gonna be me and some like uh open spots and i'd be like walk in and out and it'd be like done it but no it was like oh it's actually really it's like yeah there was sort of like some stakes to it so i yeah so i got a mate called joe da costa who um he was in uh, the last ever episode of uncle we met them oh, yeah. and um uh he was in my band uh in the last episode and uh, we've just been in contact ever since and we've become really good friends and um, uh, yeah he's just like this incredible musician oh, and so I just sort of like I start I, I wrote I wrote I wrote the song and then uh, worked it out on my iPad and um, and uh, and on guitar and stuff but I'm not like a great guitar player and so then I just sort of like sent him over and then he added bits and then yeah. we went back and forth on the music and then he sent me stuff and I edited it and you know it was like really it's like a real it's weird it's just sort of like when you do have access to people uh you don't I've it's kind of it's been much more collaborative since since lockdown yeah and so then also and so this the song that i wrote has got sort of like loads of facts about um Finland. yeah 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 that's what i liked about it but i haven't seen any others is that what other people did it's a mix but like yeah. but like so so, so from funny. my point of view from my point of view it took five days solid i started writing it on monday Mm. and then I thought I'll record it in a day and then I'll do the video in a day and then I'll send it on Wednesday um and uh yeah it just it just ate up an entire which was good in a way but I was so stressed about it yeah I was just trying to get it as good as possible but like um but Joe was the one that was just start like you should do just like finish facts and I was like mm. I don't I've done so many songs that are just lists. Do you know what I mean? Okay. And it's kind of like when you do when you do um, stand up as well, when you kind of like hit on a subject, you kind of like go right. I'll just write a list of all of the all of my ideas about this subject, and then you try and sort of like knock on. and um, yeah. And so he was just sort of like he just kept like going. Oh, these are these are facts, and I'd sort of like gone on Wikipedia and stuff like that. But I wanted to write like a proper song. And yeah. I, and, and Tom Taylor said it was sort of like, it's a light entertainment show rather than a comedy show. So I wasn't even particularly aiming to write a funny song. Mm. And then Joe just sort of like pushed it. And then when Joe sort of pushed it, I sort of like was like, okay, right. That's, so it's a mix. It's, it's, but the funny really? stuff was really, was really Joe pushing it. And all of like mm. the musical stuff was me, which was weird because he's it's a musician. The opposite of, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, cool. it's really good. And then... Yeah. Um, and then I made the video in my flat, but it's great because everything that everything that um, I made it with was just stuff that I had on my computer. You know, I had GarageBand and iMovie, mm. a camera, a camera on my phone, I used my tripod. Okay, and then, 
Yeah, it's good. And then Katie, Katie Pritchard sort of helped me with the edit because she does that. Oh, did she? Oh, wicked. Do you know she, her? Yeah, yeah, no, well, yeah. Yeah, she, um, how do I know her? Oh, I gigged with her in, in the middle of nowhere once. I just, I just, I just thought she was brilliant. So she's, it's sort she's of crazy. My, just stuck in my mind. And then my girlfriend was with me um, when we watched her then. She loved her. And then we went to watch a show in Edinburgh. And then randomly she was in your, um, your musical. Uh, musical. Yeah. yeah, I hadn't met her before. I hadn't met her before Edinburgh. And uh, so we, I'd worked with her, we, you know, we rehearsed in July and then went up in August. And I hadn't, I hadn't seen her do stand-up. I'd seen sort of like a couple of songs online. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, yeah, Kate, Kate would be good. She didn't really have that much to do in the show. Um, but we just needed someone that was sort of like solid to sort of mm. like do backing and stuff. And she was just, she just over-delivered. She was just yeah. incredible. And then we went to see her like uh, two weeks into the festival. And like her show was just fucking incredible. Like yeah. me and... Me and Aaron, our tech, uh, like our jaws hit the floor. We were just like, "Oh my god, she's yeah. insane!" Did, did you um, see? Did you see it with a big audience? Because there wasn't many there, and it was so annoying because it deserved. And oh, and then these these like class that classic free fringe, just arseholes walked in that didn't get it. But she was. Oh, it was rounds. But I, I was it. Oh, good. I mean, I'm not saying it, it I'm was... not saying it's because of my tweet about it, but <laughs> <laughs> it was. But, I was. She got me it with was, the, the spider song. The spider song was just yeah. Just it was incredible. I think it was the best show I saw all month. I just thought it was yeah, just. Yeah. I thought it was. I thought it was so. But it was just like I just. I'd, I'd worked with her for like six weeks by that point, mm. and then she just. She just like bombarded you for like, you know, it was a fifty-minute show, forty-five-minute show. It wasn't her yeah, hour. It wasn't her first. Um, no. But she was, yeah, she was so good. And uh, so anyway, so she does, she's very creative. She's like an amazing musician and she's just sort of like proactive. And so she sort of like writes songs and uh, uh, makes videos. And she does like about one music video a week. And so I was just like, can you just give me a hand with the edit? I don't know what I'm doing with iMovies. uh, But it's good because I've sort of like taught myself how to sort of like do stuff. Yeah, I'm trying to learn on lockdown, but I don't know, I just keep getting distracted with other things. Because Mariana, that's all right too. she does editing, doesn't she? So it's ideal for her to teach me how to do it, but I've just got to find more stuff to that's edit. That's all right too. Look, if you come out of this with like one or two extra skills that you didn't have that will help you in the long run, then mm. that's fine, I think. You don't have to write a book. No. and you don't you have to write the great british novel and you don't have to kind of like learn how to make sourdough but at the end of this like from my point of view if at the end of this i can uh, record music at home which i'm doing um because i'm recording an album at the moment so i'm sort of like oh, recording cool. stuff in, into this mic and then sending it over to uh, andy my producer mm. if i can if i if i can learn how to do that and if I can make music videos so that when I release my songs, I can sort of like, you know, illustrate them and people prefer watching videos and just like audio links. So it's yeah. just kind of like, um, if you can kind of like, if I can do that by the end of this, then um, it just sets me up for something. Because the technology is not going to go away. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It will improve over the years, but it's not like it's just going to disappear. So... Uh, you've just got to get on board and sort of like learn how to do it. 
Otherwise so you get left behind. Yeah. What's that album? So is that stuff that you've done on stage before or is it a separate thing? It's a, it's a combination of uh, new stuff. Basically, yeah, so it's, sort of like, it's a combination of new stuff and then my last two shows. Okay. So there's sort of like eight, eight songs from my last two shows. And then there's, it's, it's, but it's got, it's, we've got like 24 tracks at the moment and I'm just oh, sort wow. of like whittling it down into what I can finish. And I've got loads of demos from over the years and I've got stuff from shows that I haven't done before. But basically, it's sort of a breakup album or a breakdown album where... I had like a dodgy couple of years and I just wrote all of these songs mm. and now I'm doing it, but I'm in kind of like, I'm in sort of a different headspace. Yeah. So, so it's sort of like part of me just wants to just write new stuff that's like more upbeat and happy. Yeah. And part of me is just like, if I can just sort of like put, put that period of time in a time capsule, deal with it creatively and then get it, Get yeah. Like, yeah. Just before, just before I met up with you, um, I did a uh, I did a show a couple of years ago uh, called "There's Nothing You Can Do to Me That I Haven't Already Done to Myself." Right. Yeah. And um, it was sort of, it was sort of like a horror show, but without it being. They were like horror stories, but like personal horror stories. So, um, so it's sort of. Yeah, so it's sort of, um, it was like a concept where it was kind of like, I want to do, I want the artwork to be all like a horror movie and, um, uh, and, and I want to sort of like take people to sort of like quite a dark place and, um, uh, and it sort of like came together over like a few years and then I kind of uh, took it on tour. It's my first tour and I did it. So I was just watching, we've, and the very last time I performed it was in Cardiff after Machantleth Festival a couple yeah. of years ago and I'm watching through it and um, and fuck me it's like watching a different person really like, it's, it's so dark <laughs> and it's actually it's just it's just so difficult to watch because you just like go I don't I don't feel like that anymore really it's like it, it's like just it's like a raw you're watching like a raw nerve so that's for you. So, so there's no. So that's the thing. So what's weird because to me, well, I don't say it's just doing. It's a performance, but with that, that was you. That was you. That was. Or, or, well, or more the things you're talking about. The things I'm talking about, but also just the. It's it's not the. It's not. I'm just going to close my window because I've got there's builds outside. Hang on. Um, yeah. It was. Um, it's, it's not that it's, it's me, it's just that the material came from like a personal place, you know? Mm. So it's not like when I'm on stage, obviously it's a persona, like, we, like you've got a persona and we've all got personas when we go on stage. You don't, but when I watch it, it's just sort of like, I'm, it feels like I'm, I'm reliving some really dark moments and there's mm. just the material, just the material. It's not that I'm... I, I don't, I, you know, it was a few years ago that I recorded it. So you're just watching it and you go, it's a performance. You're watching it and I'm like performing it and all that. But all of that stuff came from a really dark place. Like you can see, I'm just like yeah. fucking hell. I, like, I can't believe that people let me go out and do it really. Because it was so, it's just so dark. Did you find it made it worse having to do it? Because sometimes people say it's therapeutic, but then like, like with Sean and his last show, 
he said he couldn't do it anymore because it was too. He just didn't want to have to keep getting into that place in his head. Um, I, I I'm going through that at the moment because basically I'm meant to be finishing off my Phoenix from the Flames tour right now. Hmm. Um, and I just don't know if I want to. I feel like I've dealt with that. I felt like the sh- I wrote I wrote a show that really. Um, <sighs> Well, so I've always, I've always had, I've always had a persona. So when I sort of like started out, I would talk about depression, but it would mainly be like jokes about depression. Yeah. You know, so it'd be like a one-liner, uh, and it'd be you know stuff like, um, uh, you know, uh, I, I suffer from depression. It's not the big things like war and famine and disease that gets me down. It's the little things like when you get home and you realise you've got to change your duvet case by yourself. Yeah. And you think, what's the fucking point? I might as well just sleep in the shit. Right? <laughs> you and did that in like, uh, Big Value, didn't you? I, was, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, um, yeah. and because uh, because uh, we did Big Value in 2010. I was talking to someone about that the other day. Yeah. Uh, but that's really a conversation to have off air. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Depends what it's about. But okay, yeah. <laughs> but like, all I can say is Kai Humphreys is an absolute gentleman. He is. Um, I, I did the podcast with him recently. That was really nice. Oh, he's and, incredible. Uh, yeah. Like he's he's like genuinely just um, you know he uh, I just don't know how to put it, but like he's he really he, he really stuck up for me when I needed someone to stick up for me, and I didn't oh. ask him to. He just oh, went nice. out and it you know. Um, and yeah, and and, yeah. and that's actually quite Good. rare in the industry. I think mm. he's like stuck his neck out and kind of like, and he didn't worry about um, offending yeah, yeah. people on my behalf. Do you know what I mean? So mm. I thought he was, and it, you know, he was good. I think he's yeah, he's brilliant. But anyway, so when when we started, so I used to just do sort of like jokes about depression that was sort of like that that came from a real place, but they're more like you can do that as a joke. Yes. You know? yes. Yeah, yeah. Rather than you're discussing a thing, you're making a joke about a thing. Yeah. Um, so you're not you're not, you're not emotionally invested in it when it's just a one-liner. Whereas no, it's just sort of like something. I, I was depressed one day and I noticed how much I hated yeah. doing my duvet and changing my duvet cover, and then you wrote a joke about it, and then you go, "That's it. That's that." that you know. Hmm. Whereas, as I got better as a comedian you end up just sort of like standing on stage and um, and going, right, well, I've got a platform, so what do I what do I actually want to talk about? So mm. then I wrote a really dark show that was literally, it was about a breakdown, about my breakdown, but when I'm watching it back, I was in the middle of a breakdown. Yeah. You know? So I'm sort of on stage every night making fun of this breakdown that I've had. Right, so yeah. And so I'm you- realising I'm actually having it. Yeah. Oh Christ! So, so that's difficult. So when I did Phoenix from the Flames, and then when I did um, uh, Live at the Apollo, um, because it's such a mainstream audience, you know, I, and I talk about sort of like depression and uh, and suicidal thoughts and stuff like that, but not like in any great detail. But there was this, not a huge backlash, but like there were people that were just like that couldn't differentiate the difference between talking about a thing mm. and making fun of a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, mm. I'm, I, I suffer from depression. I have dark thoughts. So I write about it and I perform it on stage and that's how mm. I deal with it. 
And then you have other people that say, you're not allowed to talk about that. You know, mm. and you go, well, I am. I'm allowed to talk about anything. You don't have to watch it, it's, but yeah. I'm allowed to talk about it. You it's, know? Like, it's like they think, it, to, you, to them, you've just gone, you're a comedian, you write, you think, oh, that's a funny thing to write a joke about. But that's what, the, the, it's like when I, I did a show, and I, I, I briefly had two jokes about having Crohn's disease. And, and the amount of times after the show, people come up to me with Crohn's going, have you actually got it? Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's just yes. like, why would I write that? Yes. Why would that even come into my mind? Like, I didn't know what it was before I got it. And it's also sort of like, it's such a specific like, demographic mm. of people to make feel shit for coming to see your show. Do you know mm. what I mean? It's just yeah. like, oh, yeah. by the way, if anyone's got Crohn's disease, I've got a personal grudge against you and I'm going to make some jokes about it so that you feel bad <laughs> at, everyone, you know, at everyone else's expense. It's kind of like, yeah, it, it doesn't make sense. It, I, and also to actually go to the effort of going online and messaging a person mm. without, without at any point thinking... Why did they say it? And there's a Why link did they there. Do it? There's a link between like mental health and people getting abuse online. Like that's you're just fueling. At no point did they sort of like consider. Well, maybe there was a there was a reason for the material, but also maybe I'm adding to a problem that I don't really understand that yeah. well. And, oh, and nice. you know, uh, so when I did Phoenix from the Flames, I just very. Um, what I wanted to do was just set everything not like I didn't come out and say I'm setting the record straight but I wanted to just write a show that was totally honest about how I feel about my mental health and how I'm dealing with it or how I was dealing with it at the time um, in like a positive way but also to just come out and just like so that there would be no doubt in anyone's head that these weren't just jokes I was making a comedy show out of something that was actually very personal and difficult for me. Because mm. um, my, my uh, uh, philosophy, my approach to comedy is that the more personal you try and be about stuff, the more people will relate to it. Yeah. And the more general you are about stuff, the, or crowd-pleasing, then I think people feel like you're pandering to them. And, th and, and, and some stuff works for other comedians and it doesn't work for others. So kind of like, I don't have a problem with uh, other styles of comedy, but my, the, what I do is I try and just be really personal about myself and mm. then let other people kind of like uh, go, oh, I felt like that. And then you kind of like, it makes people feel less alone because mm. you go, you know, if fucking, if, 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 uh, if your hero, Nick Helm, can stand on stage <laughs> and talk about his, his problems, then maybe, uh, maybe that will help you. And so, so like, Phoenix from the Flames was, was sort of like a reaction to just a couple of comments, but I was just like, if there is any doubt in anyone's head that I am, um, I'm attacking vulnerable people or uh, attacking anyone with you know, depression or mental health issues, if there's any doubt in anyone's head, I just want to set that absolutely clear that uh, this is all coming from a completely genuine place. And mm. uh, the yeah. Phoenix from the Flames tour was just like a really, it was just a really incredibly, it came from, it came from like, I think it was post breakdown, you know? Yeah. That one feels like that's me drawing a line under that period in my life. So it's actually quite a positive show, even though it talks about suicide and, uh, and, and mental health and depression and 
being isolated <laughs> hello and uh uh but it feels like it was like me drawing a line under it and uh, and when i took it on tour in t- at the end of 2019 just like the feedback was like incredible because it was people were coming up saying i suffer from depression i suffer from mental health and i'd meet people and i'd talk to them and um uh yeah and it was just sort of like a really kind of like positive experience uh for me and for them uh, and it was, yeah, I just thought that it was, it was what I wanted to achieve with the thing. And then because we sold so well, it was just like, well, we'll extend the tour. And so then we're into uh. 2020 and it's kind of like, yeah, we'll extend the tour. And now we've got these dates and it's just like, I reckon I can do this up till, you know, um, uh, you know, June. That's mm. fine. But now we're looking at tour dates in 2021. And you're like, well, I wrote it into, I wrote it at the beginning of 2019. So I've done, I've dealt with it for a year in 2019. Now I'm not going to be able to do it again for 2020. And so you're like, it's like, mm-hmm. I've moved on. I've, I, I've, I've moved on personally from the material. And so I like going back to what you said about Sean, it's just kind of like, it's true. It's just sort of like, I, I'm in a better place and I don't know how I feel about digging digging so, through that material again. So for your and, mental health wise, but also is it more difficult performance wise to get back into the same performance space of delivering it? Or do you think that doesn't, you well, just fake that? You get into a flow, don't you? You get into, you, I, you know, there's kind of like, if you have to revisit old material, then it's kind of like you go, oh, it takes you a while to sort of like remember it. And then it's sort of like you're remembering the words, but then you're also trying to remember how you actually performed it. And a lot of the physical stuff is how you sell stuff. And it's kind of like, you're just sort of like, when you're in the middle of it, it's sort of second nature, but as soon as you have a break from it, and it's the same with performing in general, but when you're performing specific bits, when you have a break from it, it takes, I don't know if you can really ever go back exactly to the mm. way it was. And what you want to do is you want to stay in your flow rather than trying to recreate a flow. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, and you, you, you don't want to be kind of, you want to, you don't want there to be like a middleman of you trying to recreate you in 2019, 2021. You want to still make it relevant and immediate to to you there but the thing is it's not just like the material that's from 2019 and this is what the job is as well you know people tour shows for years and years mm. but um but it's not just like recreating uh, the material from 2019 but like hopefully the way that time works is that you improve mm. you know? so it's kind of like if you take the subject matter out just as being a comedian and a performer um uh, you kind of, but I think we're all going to be shit after this, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> Which is nice, isn't it? It's like, level playing field. It's, like, it's a level playing field where we're all sort of like doing open <laughs> spots again. It's just kind of like, it's like Who's fucking hell. Have you done any Zoom gigs? It's just no. like, it really recreates the feel of being in a fucking club. It's incredible. <laughs> fucking hell. It's like, uh, you do your gig like this at a screen and, uh, uh, you can't hear any feedback. Uh, you can't hear it. You can't hear the audience. Can't see the audience. You do your gig, and at the end of it, you switch off your computer, and you're on your own in your flat, and you just go, "Oh God!" <laughs> <laughs> it's so bleak. It's I don't so know what bleak, it, mate. Um, I've got sure a what... flat. 
I've got to pay. I've, I, I, I can't, you know, I was sort of like, I just bought a flat before before this, and now it's just like you go, oh, God. That's oh, like all my savings, do you know what I mean? So you just like go, oh, great, well, so... I'm sort of like here and there you can get to do gigs and then there's like, but there's a lot of charity stuff that's going around and you go yeah 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 um, mm. but with but the you still need to yeah. with the um, the phoenix when you wrote phoenix to to phoenix to the flames right phoenix phoenix, phoenix phoenix from the flames from the flames sorry <laughs> I think it's phoenix <laughs> from the flames I can't remember it's the opposite vibe isn't it. <laughs> Phoenix to the flames. You're not coming that's out bit, of the depression. That's, that's more of a that's more of a comedy title, though, isn't it? Phoenix to the flames. Um, I should have called. It, I should have called it that. So when when you were writing it, and so you're you're conscious, you don't want people to misunderstand what you what you're getting at, like you, like they did on Live at Apollo. Did, yeah, but it's only a few people. It was right. but it got to me so because that, it's just sort of like gone. Was that on your mind when you wrote it? So did you have any bits that you dropped because you thought, like, oh, they might they might misread that? No, or do you trust your like, audience? So if they're buying tickets to see you? I, I, think, I think it's sort of idiot-proof now. Mm. That show was, do you know what I mean? It was just like, I don't think, I think the show I did before, there was maybe... Um, uh, a little bit of kind of like a grey area where people might not have known where I was coming from. But I think this show, I've made it very explicit that this show is about this. And mm. I sort of guide people through it. And in actual fact, looking at, at this show from 2017 that I did, I am very much, it's me sort of bridging a gap between being in persona and, uh, and talking about something personal. And I think with Phoenix from the Flames, what I largely did was I just dropped the persona. Mm. I think the first half is my persona, which is interesting because when you do it in Edinburgh, you do an hour. Yeah. Um, so the only stuff I dropped, I dropped from my Edinburgh show was stuff I dropped for time, you know? Mm. Okay, then, yeah. Uh, uh, so it was, ne it was never sort of like, um, oh, well, that, but, but what actually... When you when I, when you go on tour, I just put an interval. I didn't have a support act, so I just put an interval in the middle. And then what actually I was just like, well, where do I put an interval? And then I put an interval after the second song. And then what actually happened was then it just split this hour into two definite halves. The first half right. is me very much like this is the Nick Helm persona, and then yeah. the second half is me sort of like going, all right, guys gonna cut the bullshit this is me right and then i sort of like this is me laid bare and then it's kind of and it's it's really weird because it obviously wasn't that by design mm. as soon as you put a break in the middle it turned into this show and then when i added those yeah. two extra bits of material in it sort of clarified some bits and there were some callbacks that i put in and then it just felt like um the show it was meant to be the edinburgh mm. show was good but the the tour show was kind of like the show that it could be, yeah. and um, and I was just yeah, I just thought it turned into something really good. But it's just, it's just a difficult one about revisiting something from that that long ago. Yeah, can you remember any bits that you dropped from that tour? I know that I dropped a whole bit about Robbie Williams from um, from the Edinburgh show that went back in the tour, and it really oh, just right. made loads of sense. It was great. Ah, uh, okay. Which was, uh, yeah, Robbie. Williams um, uh, it had an album out called Heavy Entertainment. Mm. 
Aye. And, uh, uh, and I had a TV show called Heavy Entertainment, and then he yeah. released an album called Heavy Entertainment. Oh, and he, released he released it after you. Right. Yeah, like, that was what was sort of like, you know, I was, I was going through a breakdown and I was in a very, very dark place. And then all of a sudden I got these people that were sending me like messages going, oh, what Robbie's called this show? And I was just like, this isn't helping. And you go on Google and he just sort of like obliterated, you know, I had a TV show that I was really proud of, but they didn't really get a huge audience. And, um, uh, and Robbie Williams is obviously semi-internationally famous mm. and um, yeah, didn't quite break America. But um, <laughs> but he's got this uh, he's got this show called <laughs> say it again slam. <laughs> well, no, but it's funny. He follows me. He follows me on Instagram, <laughs> and uh, oh fuck, right? It's, I mean, it, okay. This is this is uh, this is a bit of material that I dropped from Edinburgh, okay. and then I put in the show, right? So basically. Um, I was I was in the midst of a very dark place, and then he released an album called uh, Heavy Entertainment, and it just made me feel it crushed me, right? Mm. And uh, everyone was messaging me saying, "Have you done this thing?" And I was and I was just like, I don't want to kind of like publicly say anything, and I'll be I'll be I'll be I'll be the bigger man, <laughs> and uh, I won't mention it, right? <laughs> but I heard from someone that um, that he that he was aware of this this. He was he was aware that there was a show, right? Um, um, uh, and so, <laughs> so fucking hang on, how how do I get the story right? So he released this thing, and then loads of people like were messaging me saying, "Oh yeah, yeah, Robbie Williams, Robbie Williams, Robbie Williams." And I was just like, "Oh fuck!" And then eventually it got to like the hundredth tweet. And I was just like, oh, God, I know, all right? I know. Right? I, every time I open Twitter, someone, is, someone new is telling me about how Robbie Williams is called his, his new tour and heavy entertainment. So I just wrote, yes. I didn't at him, didn't do anything. I just wrote, yes, Robbie fucking Williams, right? I call myself <laughs> Nick fucking Elm on Twitter, right? Yeah. I just wrote, yes, Robbie fucking Williams. I was like, that'll, that'll deal with it. Right? But you know, you just—it's uh, just like it's such a ridiculous thing. My mum's a Robbie Williams fan. Do you know what I mean? It's just like it's such a ridiculous thing where you just like go, well, what are the chances, right? And um, uh, I don't think anything of it. And then it gets to Christmas, and someone says, uh, "Have you, <laughs> have you, have you read uh, Robbie's book?" And I was like, "Well, no, of course I've not read Robbie's book." And they go. You're in it, right? Oh. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> You're in it, right? And uh, I haven't got it saved. I haven't got the page saved, I don't think. It was, he wrote, um, it's a Christmas book. It was written by someone else who's obviously a massive Robbie Williams fan, right? I got this um, from a charity shop. So this isn't an um, official one? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it is. But someone else wrote it. Um, Robbie Williams by Chris Heath. Reveal Robbie Williams by okay. Chris Heath. And and I think what it is is that um, he spent a year with Robbie Williams, and it's kind of like Robbie hasn't sat down and typed it, but he's sort of like yeah, yeah. He's sort of it, it's a it's a year in the life. Um, <laughs> I haven't read it, but somebody just um, 
took uh, a f- took like screenshots of the Kindle and they sent it to me and I read it and it's just sort of horrible, you know. You go, oh man, um, and he's sort of like he's he's looked his he's looked his name up on uh, Twitter. He's seen that I've written Robbie fucking Williams, taken personal insult to it. And he's written about me in his book, which, to be fair, will be read by millions of people, right? <laughs> and it's just sort of like, I've got like, I've, your sound has gone completely, right? Oh, has it? Uh, there you go. Oh, I was um, talking you, about that's what it was. Yeah, so, he, so he's written this thing. So I didn't, no shots were fired from me, all right? All yeah. I did was I made a TV show called Heavy Entertainment. Then he released an album called Heavy Entertainment. And it's just like, and then everyone bombarded me. So all I did was I wrote Robbie fucking Williams. Then he writes about me in his fucking book, right? And then you get people like going, oh, you've done this thing. So I was just like, fucking What's he hell. saying though? He's like annoyed at you. He's like saying that no one's, uh, I, to be fair, I've never heard of this young Nick Helm fella, but uh, he, seemed, he seemed to take very personal uh, uh, offence at the fact that, um, it's just sort of like he's tr- he's treating me like I'm this absolute piece of shit, and he's like going, um, uh, "Poor Helm." Uh, some of his fans came to his aid, but you know, it's kind of like it's very patronising. It's just it's horrible, right? It's really uh, horrible, especially uh, that he you came up with it first. He's Robbie Williams, you know. Oh and in the book, God. in the book, Take he that. says, but in the book, he says, uh, "I didn't steal." the title Heavy Entertainment off of Nick, which I don't believe he did, right? I think there's a production company in London called Heavy Problem. Entertainment. It's not, it's not the craziest thing to go light entertainment, heavy entertainment, do you know what mm. I mean? It's not like, it's not the, it's not the craziest yeah. thing. It's a good, it was a good, it was a perfect title mm. for the TV show, right? But uh, he goes, I didn't steal the title Heavy Entertainment off of Nick. Um, what I did was I Googled it to see if anyone else I came up with the title and then I Googled it to see if anyone else had used it. And then I saw that Nick had. And then you went on and called your album Heavy Entertainment what? anyway. Do you know what I mean? So he's like oh, saying, so it's like he's saying that he individually, <laughs> he individually did think of it, right? But, um, but, uh, but it's just like, if I wrote a joke and then I found out that you were doing the same joke, yeah. I would drop the joke. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Well, he hadn't, like, even done that. That. He, hadn't, he hadn't even done it yet. He didn't even need to drop it. No, exactly. It was sort of like work in progress, right? Oh. So anyway, so there was that. So then I, start, uh, I, I started doing my Phoenix from the Flames uh, work in progress and like, all the Edinburgh posters were made and everything like that. And then someone came up to me and they says, um, you know Robbie's got a song called Phoenix from the Flames? <laughs> <laughs> You're joking. <laughs> And I was like, holy fuck. Oh, no. So, um, so then... That's perfect. Then I was just like, oh, I've got to write a bit. And that's, oh. the, that's, like, the, but that's like the punchline, which is, yeah. the, um, which is sort of like... Uh, uh, I have has, he got, has he got one called Phoenix to the Flames? <laughs> no, he hasn't. But, I, but it's this thing where it's just going kind of like, I have this, <laughs> have this massive rant about what well, I don't care. Um, you know what I mean? I, it's like it's like being angry with 
uh, Ronald McDonald or <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, it's, it's, uh, or Colonel Sanders, do you know what I mean? It's like, it's a fiction. <laughs> I'm so hungry, I'm just mentioning food icons. But it's like, like being angry with like uh, Mickey Mouse, it's sort of like, he's like yeah, a fictional yeah, character yeah. in a way. I've never like gone out and personally attacked him or anything like that. He wrote, but I mean, it's fucking, but what, little Nick Helm with his like <laughs> couple of thousand followers on Twitter. It's just like, come on, mate. Um, so um, it was just kind of like this thing. So I have like this big go at it and then I undercut it all by like saying, oh yeah, but um, I didn't know that Robbie was, had a song called Phoenix from the Flames, right? And um, so that happened. And then we, I was just about to go on. So that's the show, right? That's in the show. That, I dropped that from Edinburgh and then I start the second half of my show with that and it kind of like yeah, gets yeah. people in. Although I am going to be doing this show again, so hopefully no one listens to this podcast. Right? No, I've only got a few um, listeners. <laughs> and, uh, and they hate you. And, so, and they hate me. Big, big I mean, what we were I'm, a, I'm a hateable person, right? <laughs> but the thing was, I was just about to go on stage in Edinburgh. I was backstage, and then all of a sudden, uh, my phone flashes, and it's Instagram, and it says, uh, Robbie Williams is following you. <laughs> and I'm like... Uh, and my blood goes cold and I'm just like, why, 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 why is he really following me on Instagram? And, um, uh, and so, like, so Robbie Williams is following me on Instagram. I go on, I do the show. Uh, obviously someone has seen the show and sort of like either messaged him or like gone to him directly and said, oh, <laughs> He's, he's, he's sort of like, but the thing is, the way I framed it is it's self-deprecating. It's, still, it's basically mm. saying, how can anyone steal the title of someone else's thing? And then at the end, it's like, oh, I did that by yeah, accident. Yeah, 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 you know yeah. I mean? perfect. And so it's kind of like, it, it's sort of like, it's not, it's not mean, it's not mean-spirited <laughs> or anything like that. But Robbie Williams is following me on Instagram and someone's sort of like, told, and I'm just like, going, oh, God, what's this? And, um, uh, and, so the next day I take uh, my driver, uh, my, my tech Aaron, um, uh, we're driving and he needs to piss on the side of the road. So he gets out and I take a photo of him having a piss in the bushes, right? And I put it on Instagram, right? And then all of a sudden <laughs> my phone flashes up and Robbie Williams has commented on it. And, um, and he's like saying, uh, <laughs> uh, he's like saying, um, I see. Uh, I see you doing a show called um, uh, Phoenix from the Flames. I'm thinking of calling my next album Phoenix from the Flames. Uh, that's right, Helm. I'm career fucking you, or something like along those lines, right? Oh my god! And, and I'm sat there going, why would he call his new album Phoenix from the Flames after a song that he recorded in like 1998? You know, it's like. <laughs> Doesn't he remember that he's got a song called Phoenix from the Flames? Why would he, do you know what I mean? Why would yeah. he bring out a new album called Phoenix from the Flames when he's already, I mean, I don't know how many songs he's recorded, but I remember the titles of my songs. It was just like, but I didn't write that. And I was just like, okay, the van broke down. And uh, Is this story all in the show? No, no. No, oh, this, okay, is, this so is what happened while we were on tour. Okay. This is what happened when we were on tour. So the van broke down. I, I, the, the van broke down. We ended up being kind of like stranded in, uh, I can't remember where we were stranded. It wasn't, maybe it was, I don't think it was Manchester. But we were stranded, um, we were stranded just, at, at, the van broke down just as we left Scotland. 
Oh, it's Newcastle. We were mm. we, we standing in Newcastle, and Robbie Williams has texted me saying that he's career fucking me, and I'm just like, mate. <laughs> My van broke down. I'm staying in a travel lodge 500 miles away from my house. I'm, I think my career is fucked. <laughs> I, said, I said, I'm way ahead of you on the career fucking, mate. <laughs> and, uh, and he liked it. And now we're, uh, <laughs> now we're best mates. We're not, no, but it was just kind of like this thing. But it's just like, it's fucking, it's surreal because you just like, go, I don't want a fucking feud with Robbie Williams it's fucking insane and then I do I do like a, a Christmas charity gig called Fuck First um, yeah, I did it you did it mm. and so uh, and so I won this thing and it was kind of like um, uh, it's good we make money for charity it's sort of like a nice thing to do and it's sort of like a nice thing for the comedians to do because it's kind of like uh, the whole point of it is that there's no pressure uh, to perform well <laughs> it's like we're all tired and it's the end of the year and we're making money for charity and so the comedians can come on and do anything they want mm. and um uh and uh, so we do it and uh and we just uh, what I, the last few years i've ended singing angels but we sing I'm loving fuck first instead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it used to be my it used to be my song when we were getting when we were young and we were getting drunk in O'Neill's. They'd play Angels, and I would sing it like <laughs> at the top of my lungs. It was like a death metal voice. And that was that was like my thing. And so we sing, uh, we were just like, well, I wonder if Robbie is free to come along and do Fuckfest. And not only was he not free, he was doing a Christmas extravaganza at Wembley on the same night. <laughs> and you just like go, you are career fucking me, mate. <laughs> you really are. Like the biggest, like the biggest gig. Um, and it was like my little, my, my little Christmas charity gig up against Robbie Williams's uh, Christmas Wonderland. Fuck yeah, yeah, it's great. It's funny. Nickel! Nicholas Hel Helmsworth. Helmsworth. Uh, yeah, great stuff. Hashtag Aruga to Nick Helm. Hashtag Aruga to everybody who is listening. Yes, go and subscribe. Five stars. Tweet about how much where, you love Joel? the show. Where, where can they give us five stars, Joe? iTunes. So if you can't Where can access they iTunes, stars, they can do it on iTunes. If you can't access iTunes, tweet about how much you like the show. Um, and don't forget Patreon.com. Sure if you can't access forward, iTunes, <laughs> if you can't access iTunes, tweet about the tweet about the show instead. Yeah, because if you can't I access everyone, uh, can you hear me? Yeah, am I, have I gone dead? If you can't, All right, yeah, what's going keep... on? If you can't access <laughs> iTunes, Mark, 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 yeah. If you can't yeah. if you can't access iTunes, maybe you've got an Android <laughs> phone. What's happening? <laughs> maybe you've got an Android phone or something. Then yeah. the alternative to giving five stars would be do a nice tweet. And everyone listening understood lovely. that. Everyone listening understood that. Perfectly clear. And I understood it and it made sense. Are you repeating stuff or am I getting you repeat is there a weird echo thing? Hello, hello? No, 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 I'm not repeating myself, self, self. Ah, what's happening? <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> were you? At no, a, were you I, repeat- I did, did at the end just then for a bit of fun. No, I just kept getting the repeat. There's something weird to this line. Hmm. That was really odd. I'm assuming everyone's going to think I'm mad yeah. because they're going to hear it from your from your audio. They will. Yeah. Oh, that's going to sound awful. <laughs> <laughs> See you Five next stars, week. though. <laughs> <laughs> Okie dokie. Cool. Good stuff. Thanks, everybody. Um, anything more from you, Joel? Nothing more from me, Mark. Nothing more from me, Mark. Anything more from you, Mark? Anything more from you, Mark? Nothing more for me, Joel. Hashtag a wooger, hashtag a wooger, everyone. Bye, 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 bye. <laughs> you knobhead. <laughs> oh, good stuff. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.